Hello, everybody. Welcome to this edition of Project Next, the podcast that examines the future of marketing and communications. I'm your host, Brian Martin. Today we're talking about pray tell. How do you describe pray tell, Andy? What are we talking about here? Uh, Brian, it's a joy to be clumsy in describing pray tell, but it is um, uh, an increasingly ambiguous job that we call creative communications. So we do campaigns for brands that matter and clients that get it, often lens and earn media, but then quickly, quickly growing from everything from social content to own content to above the line creative. Okay, that's a lot of things. It is a lot of things, which is good. We, yeah. we, we like that. Sure, because you, your output is so diverse. I mean, you did a film last year, you did advertising campaign, and you are best known for doing lots of earned media PR. Well, it takes the fundamental advice that every smart entrepreneur gives, which is know how to say no and don't try to be good at everything, and then it just smashes it and ignores it and just acts like that's not good advice. So there's that. Well, let me take a moment to introduce you. Andy, you are the CEO of Praytel, a six-year-old social, digital, and traditional PR firm. Is that fair to say? It is. You've been doing integrated PR campaigns for nearly a decade because you were doing this before you started Praytel. You've built a modern creative communications agency for brands that matter, an agency that does award-winning work without the ego, bureaucracy, or the BS. And to top it all off, you were just named to the Holmes Report Innovators 25 list. Congratulations, Andy. Thanks for joining us today. I'm happy to be here. Brian, you're one of my favorite people in marketing by far. So <laughs> forgive me. You say me, that to every podcaster. I do. I do. But be, be careful. I'm probably going to turn this around on you at some point because your experience in humanity make you one of my favorite human beings. So let's well, do this. You. Well, thank you. I'm blushing now. I don't know if you could see that on the podcast. It's going to be tough. So Andy, pray tell is a fast-growing agency. You've just won a good number of pieces of business. You're doing some great work. What is the secret to your success? Well, you know, I think momentum is a powerful thing, and timing is a powerful thing. And we were built at a time where we didn't have to retrofit what we were. And so instead of having to take a ship and say, oh, you know, it's 2017, mobile matters more than ever, or video content matters more than ever, we were able to start with those things versus change direction. So I think a lot of it has to do with just timing. We have great timing, great momentum, culture as well. But, you know, fundamentally, we do the things that a great communications or content agency or do, but we do them thinking about distribution, thinking about earned media from the start. And that is the piece that's often missing. Hmm. You know, there's right now, we're, we're in a conference room at an agency right now, and there are 10,000 conference room full of creatives coming up with creative ideas. They're usually like a video. Like, hey guys, it wouldn't be cool if we did this video. And it's a 30 second video or 10 minute video or hour long video. Oftentimes those brainstorms don't include distribution or PR. And so where we're different is that, yeah, we can, most of anybody can come up with a pretty good video idea, but how do you get people to see it? And we're really, really obsessed with that distribution and PR is distribution, paid is distribution, all those things. So what's the secret to get something distributed through earned media? I understand the paid side of it, but you know, a lot of PR firms are coming up with videos that aren't getting as distributed as broadly. And a lot of PR agencies are having ad agencies dump their new baby and say, here, please get PR for this video. And it's impossible at that stage to make it PRable, right? The biggest ingredient to making a video PRable is that it's not 
all about the brand, right? It has some sort of humanity and it has some sort of narrative appeal that makes you want to watch it and share it on social and endorse it, not because you want Dodge trucks to get an impression, but because it made an impression on you. And, and those expressions are earned. So the, the brands that have the confidence to put stories and people first and know that they're going to get the halo for their brand through that confidence are the ones that are winning that battle. And the ones that are saying, oh, yeah, we're going to make a video. It's going to be about our volunteers. But really, insert brand here, turn the label out. Those are the ones that are wasting their money right now. And they have, uh, they're trying to do PR campaigns that just don't work. That's interesting. The human side is consistent across all marketing right now. Bringing the human elements to life in, in the right way is really important. But that's not new, Brian, is it? I mean, that that feels like a central tenet to storytelling, right? Like, <laughs> no, people want to hear about emotions, and, and the arcs are human arcs, and I think that goes back to hieroglyphics. You know, I don't think that's a new thing. I think that that's one of my favorite parts about marketing is nothing changes, right? We just go through cycles where we're like, oh, yeah, people matter. And so, you know, the focus on the people is something that we, we hope not to lose. So what are some good people's stories you've done in the past year? Well, I think the story that it's maybe just a little over a year old, but something I'm incredibly proud of uh, is our work with Mac Cosmetics. Uh, we did a film called More Than Tea. Um, Great it was film. A, thank you. And a story about the lives of trans folks at a time when legislation was full of fear-mongering and, and kind of the worst of the worst. And we made a film that was just about five trans individuals who are exceptional in every way. But, you know, it was about kind of day-to-day lives, right? It was about a teacher and a pastor and a legislator. And, you know, it wasn't sort of slapdash comedy or, or overly maudlin or treacly stories. It was just kind of people. And it was directed by trans director Silas Howard from Transparent and the prominently trans production crew. And we were able to get that distributed on Showtime, uh, nice. which is wonderful, a big win for us. That was a free distribution. We didn't pay for that. They broadcast it for us. Also, Refinery29 broadcast about 10 pieces of content. They got millions and millions of views, also free. So wow. the distribution of that was exceptional, but also just the integrity of the storytelling was, was huge. How did you get Mac to go for an idea like that? They have creative courage. They always have. So for 25 years, the Viva Glam campaign, we give 100% of their proceeds to the Mac AIDS Fund, which has generated $500 million of, of, of funding for services all across the world. So their creative courage is, is in their DNA. And they want to take those shots and be bold and be rebellious. And you hope that's a playbook for other brands. You hope that people out there say, oh, snap, we want that too. Because Nancy Mann, the head of the fund, is good at saying, doing good is good business. And that's not new today. We see Patagonia, we see REI, we see all these brands, Nike, innovating there. But there's more room at the table for more brands to do good. And again, through the courage of letting those stories, in this case, the trans folks lead, and the brand getting the halo through doing good PR around that and good social around that and good distribution around that. Now, you also did an ad campaign this year for Zappos. What's the difference between selling in an idea for a film versus an ad campaign, especially when you're a PR firm? Same central tenet, though, all about the people. If you think of Zappos, I don't know if you think of, of what you think. What do you, what do you, what do you think about when you think Great of Great customer service. There you go. Right yeah. There. So our ads, with air quotes, um, were really about great customer service agents and what go. they did that was exceptional and the things they would do. And they're called true stories, and it was Zappos true stories. So again, the central through line here is people. And almost every piece of video that we've ever done that's been shared has been about people. The duds that we've done, and we've done duds, are the ones where we forget that North Star, and we forget to really hone in on that. So. Now, when you went to Zappos, were you there to talk to him about a PR campaign, or did you go to talk to them about advertising? We're so blessed right now, Brian, that folks are coming to us 
as a creative agency. And in this case, the Trojan horse for us is PR. So we'll start doing PR and they say, hey, do you guys do social? Yeah, we do some social. We'll do a good job on social. What is social? Social is oftentimes it's based on video. Hey, you know what? Can you guys do some ads? You know, so we're seeing that kind of a you know creative growth. Starting with PR and then becoming their creative agency is a it's been a really nice evolution. So nice. You also picked up some recent assignments for Anheuser Busch, which is awesome. Tell me about some work you've done for them. We have a really creatively ambitious campaign. Um, I can tell you about the brief. The brief was they have emergency drinking water they've distributed at hurricanes to folks who need it and to rescuers and first responders. It's true altruism, right? They've yeah. actually done a bad job of PR on it because they've been more focused on distributing the water to people who need it. Didn't um, they do something on the Super Bowl last yeah, year? They did a really nice job of telling the story because and they didn't pound their chest. I, thought, I was proud of the tonality of that. It was, it was actually about the plant managers who pressed the button to say, stop making beer let's bottle or can water and give the water out. Again, a human. there you story. go, the central central point. So their brief was, what else can we do with our emergency drinking water? And we found an audience, if you look at today's news and the news of climate change, we think we found a, an audience that could use their help. So we'll be announcing that formally here soon, but it's a it's a really exciting chance to do, to do good with a brand that gives a shit. Nice. Yeah. Speaking about today's news and social media, the issue of fake news has been paramount recently, and I have to imagine that's affecting your business. How are you dealing with the issue of fake news in your world now? Oh, man, I'm not sleeping much. <laughs> uh, so the fake news is tied to trusted sources, right, and this idea of trust and the current administration's obsession with degrading and eroding the trust in media, which is a super scary thing. And so getting PR and saying, hey, you're in the newspaper, for some people that means less, right? Because if that newspaper is trusted 73% less than it was last year, then maybe you don't want to be in the newspaper. Maybe you would want to put that trust in an influencer or, or, or you know, a different, there's different vehicles. So I think it's more about having these barometers for trust. Every client is different. Those trusted sources are different. More than anything, it's just being mindful of what the trusted sources are for a campaign. And the trusted sources are the things that are changing every day. It could be broadcast, it could be journalism, it could be an influencer, it could be a billboard, it could be the brand, right? In many cases, is the brand now usurping media and becoming the trusted source? I don't know, why would just go direct to a consumer? So that's, that I think is a really interesting battleground and scary, but interesting. The idea is that the policing will happen and that we will figure out as a modern media driven society, how to police the fake news. And that's where, again, the trusted sources comes in, uh, making sure that the, those who win the trust battle will be winning in huge, huge ways. And that's going to get more challenging. Jordan Peele did a video using Obama and his voice with a whole different tone based on what he was trying to convey at the time. And that was very powerful. And so I think we're on the cusp of this technology becoming widespread enough that it will cast into doubt a lot more of the videos we're seeing in the next few years. As that happens, which it will happen, doubt increases, right? And people start to figure out muscles and build ways to detect that stuff. And that's what I trust. I, I, I'm an optimist. I fundamentally believe that as, as the bad guys grow in, in their methods, then the good guys will find ways to not only meet those, but find new ways to, to set them back further. So right now, I just think we're in the age where the bad guys are, are having more fun, but the good guys will catch up. I want to talk a little bit about culture, because we're at a time where there's a big battle for talent in our business, and you seem to be getting more than your fair share of really strong talent, and you're growing super fast these days. And I'm just curious about what's behind your ability to attract such good talent in such quantities. 
Well, to do so breaks my fundamental rule, which I'm happy to do with you because I'm obsessed with you. Culture is a funny thing. The more you talk about it, the less it is real, right? It, if culture becomes your agency's flag, you know, Hawaiian shirt Fridays, right? Like it's dead. It, it's just a dead thing. Like good culture is a true embodiment of the people you hire and letting them just be them and just do your thing and we trust you and letting that percolate and come up in ways that are completely unexpected, often uncomfortable, and wonderfully surprising. And that's the joy of a great culture. I have an anecdote. I worked at an agency that shall be nameless, and their air conditioners didn't work in the summer often. And what you would have is you would have leadership cart down the halls with popsicles. Here, a popsicle. And I don't want a fucking popsicle. I want the air conditioning to work, <laughs> right? That I don't, you know, like, I, so often culture is really about, like, cool, we have happy hours and we do the fun things, but have you done the things that are central to my work-life balance too? Are my allocations good? Do we have a healthy like rules on if you're going to be an asshole or not? So I want our air conditioning to work. And then because of our AC being so good, then people throw their own happy hours and do their own weird stuff. And like we celebrate it. We enjoy that. It's a, it's a strained analogy, but I, I, I'm as obsessed with the air conditioning as I am any other thing. Well, I mean, that's the fundamentals. Like, if you can't have a comfortable place to work, how do you make it a fun place to work? It's not rocket science, right? But, like, I think most of the places that are out there are like, we really want culture. They're spending so much time on what beanbags they should buy and not just, like, I don't know, like, do they work on too many accounts? We're, we're interviewing people who are on nine accounts, eight accounts, and it's oh, like, man. come on. Like, what place would do that? So that's our, our culture Bible in a, in a nutshell. And it's weird, Brian. It comes. We have a young man named Miles. He's made, he's making a pray tell TV show. I, <laughs> it, it is the strangest TV show I've ever seen, and I don't understand a word of it, but I love it. But that fits with your brand because I know when I look at your social media, Twitter and and Instagram, I think it seems funny, but I feel like I'm not in on the joke, and <laughs> yeah, I think neither. that's kind of. Good for a culture. Neither one of us are in on the joke. That's I think the joke is that yeah, we're not we're not even remotely in on it. So people are having fun with it, so who's to say it's not good? And when it becomes like too internal, like that also becomes a problem. But I think it's a nice, joyful representation of the kind of place we are. And I think if people were ever gonna to apply to us and they looked at our Instagram, they would say, Oh, I know what this feels like to work there. The aesthetic is not so corporate and so manicured. This is a Project Next podcast. So I need to ask you about where the PR business is going in the next couple of years. What's next in the PR world? I think PR has won a seat at the table and will be more and more impactful in directing the future of marketing. And if you talk to a good ad agency, or I guess bad one, but their KPI, which is our key performance indicator, sometimes impressions, sometimes unique amount of hits, it can depend on the client, is what did it do on earned media? right? I know that for a fact. And if you're going to use earned media as your KPI for your big $10, $20 million ad campaign, you better involve PR people, right, from the beginning. And that is happening more and more. And I'm really proud because you can't go there and be a wet blanket. You can't be the person bringing up legal. You've got to be there with creative integrity, and you've got to go be able to go toe-to-toe. And we've built an agency full of creatives who can do that. We're not alone. There are wonderful creative PR agencies that are no longer the cliche of the PR flack in the back who can make a call and get the New York Post. That's just not what we're doing. And I think the collaborations between PR agencies and ad agencies, are that's the future, is more collaborative creative work. How is technology affecting the future of PR? I wish it was doing more so, Brian, because measurement is still the great unknown. 
measuring efficacy of PR has been the bugaboo since Gutenberg. So, and yet we know it works. We just can't attribute it. Yeah, it's like one of those sticks in the bird's nest. Don't know which one and don't know if it's holding up the bird's nest, but it's definitely in there and it's a part of that. And social has gotten so good at telling us exactly what's happening in real time. The dangerous PR accounts that we get are when our clients are performance clients and they look for PR to be performance. And, you know, oh, well, how many clicks are I getting? What's the impression numbers? What are the CPV, CPM? And this is not, we're, we're not there. We can sort of find correlations between a PR launch and website traffic and sales, right, and awareness locally, but it's still a little bit of a dark art. And either brands get that and want that, or it causes real headaches, especially for the startups. Startups are saying, we have this amount of money, I can either put it in Facebook ads, or I can put it into PR. And if they're looking for the PR to be like a Facebook ad, there are real problems. Are ad agencies doing a good job at learning how to be PRable? Like in the same way you're doing advertising and you're creating films, are ad agencies getting savvier about the PR impact of what they do? Well, they're certainly hiring PR people, and they're okay. certainly making those investments as they should. The hard part becomes, it's like, what makes a good ad? What makes an ad PRable, right? Some things you just like, what's the definition of pornography, right? You just know it when you see it. Right. So that's the good thing is as PR folks, we're still going to be able to identify if that thing you're making is going to go or not. And it's not going to be a part of a rule book of four bullet points. Does it do this, this, this? It's going to be the pornography note if you see it. Right. And so that I feel like we're going to be okay, though every ad agency should have five PR people on their on, on their team, if not more. And their PR fluency can only be better. The rising tide lifts all, all boats. And how is PR being used to help the corporate communications function in an organization? Well, it should be the, that's the tip of the spear, but in different ways. I mean, a lot of the good thought leadership right now is working with publishers like The Atlantic or Bloomberg or The New York Times to do speaking and to hold bespoke events like your Project Next events, right? Like a lot of thought leadership is saying, let's just work with Bloomberg to do a three-day summit in D.C. around progressive brand CSR. And that's... PR now. That didn't used to be PR, but that is, that's happening more and more and more, is not even pitching the story, but just working hand in hand and not being afraid of also using paid, paid dollars. So it's weird. It's kind of, it's, it's more amorphous than ever, which is great because there's a bunch of jump balls, uh, which we love. Cool. Such a good time to be in the PR business because it's really content distribution, all things creative business. So Andy, what's next for you? I'm going to go on a honeymoon. Get out of here. In two weeks. Pretty excited. No, three weeks, four weeks. All right, I don't know when it is. I'm going on a honeymoon. You just got married a I couple weeks ago. I got married two weeks ago, and then because I got married, I got to shave my head for the first time in 39 years of, of living on Earth. You look good. Thanks. Uh, I look uh, aerodynamic, uh, if nothing else. It's a nice way to add attention to my already attention-grabbing nose. So, yeah, uh, going on honeymoon over Christmas, going to Iceland, never been. Fun. Going to Thailand, never been. Going to Cleveland just to finish up all the lands. Cleveland, I just threw that in as a joke, but, uh, you know, <laughs> no, it'll be great. So, and trying to grow, pray tell, you know, Brian, and you've been a wonderful mentor here. So many people have told us all the things that couldn't happen for pray tell since the beginning. And I love that. It's great. The, the thing that people are currently telling us can't happen is you can't have a company of over 100 people with culture that that is what we have. And we've now got to 120 people. And it's getting harder and harder. But like we are pretty obsessed with transcending the narrative that after a certain point, your culture's dead and you can't have this family atmosphere that we have. It will be challenging and it's stressful, but it's a worthy pursuit. So we want to continue to attract the best people in the industry. And that means the brands we work with as well. 
and we want to do so kind of like getting past this hump of like, oh, 120 people. There's these algorithms that say every company at 120 falls apart. That's where we are right now, and we were trying to prove them wrong. So that's what's next for us is to just fly over this 120 and get to 200 wonderful, happy people with air conditioning. Thanks, Andy. That was fun. Yeah, it was great. Thank you, Brian. I appreciate the, the opportunity to chat. And thank you for listening to this edition of Project Next. Until next time, I'm Brian Martin.